0: and welcome to the Phileas Club. It's the middle of summer or winter if you're down south and uh, we are having an, an <laughs> continually interesting times and uh, the news out of everywhere is definitely interesting. We are not closing the borders down here in Finland but uh, we're basically making everyone go through rough quarantine if they enter the country and I'm going to be doing that because I'm going to France for a week and then coming back it's going to be weird, because I won't be able to uh, walk around in Helsinki as I'm back from France. Anyway, uh, I'm Patrick Beja, and in this show we usually get people from different countries of the world to talk about the news, which would have been... Quarantine stuff, I guess. But uh, that's not what we're doing today. We have a special episode and we're going to be talking about Kenya. And I am so glad to be welcoming Paula Rogo to the show to talk about, uh, well, where she lives. Hey, Paula, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, Patrick. Thank you for having
0: me. I'm so glad uh, you could be on the show because you do so many interesting things, and uh, I'm really looking forward to you educating me about how Kenya is not actually what I picture it to be from uh, the movies and the TV that I watch, um, or, or maybe it is. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe. Could you could you introduce yourself uh, for the audience?
1: Yes, hello everyone. I, my name is Paula Rogo. I am Kenyan-American, mostly Kenyan though, though the American part might show up in my accent. <laughs> and I'm based in Nairobi, Kenya, here in East Africa, where it, we're on the equator, so it's always good weather. <laughs> <this side laughs> of
0: the world.
1: Um. And um, But right now I'm in Western Kenya in Kisumu, Uh, Ever since we had the lockdown um, in Kenya due to COVID, I was moved to the western part of the country where my family's from. So I'm by the lake, eating a lot of fish and sort of waiting out. I don't know how long COVID will be, but that's where I am at this point. And I'm a journalist and media entrepreneur um, is what I do with my what is what pays the bills. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and uh you you're very much into podcasting as well. Maybe we'll talk about this a little bit further down the line. Um okay. let, you know what? Let's start with uh the, the COVID situation. I, I usually try to do these specials about life on the ground in different countries in general, but I think uh this might be enlightening in, in all areas. But uh so what's the situation with COVID in, in Kenya? We were suspecting when it hit the the West, you know, Europe and the U.S. um, A few months ago, that it would travel to um, Africa and other parts of the world, and it might be more difficult to contain there. Um, How's the situation been for you?
1: Yeah, the situation has been interesting. My my first when COVID, the rumors of COVID was first coming out earlier in the year, I was in the middle of putting together a big festival here in in my country, Af- Af- the first podcast festival in Africa called Africa Podfest. So I was, I was busy, let's say. And I only really started to hear about COVID um, because I have a sister who is a doctor in New York. So when things were getting hectic there, I started to hear things about it. And then we had a lot of people flying into Kenya for the festival from all over the world. And I remember one of our sponsors asking, um, this was maybe late February. Um, are you prepared for COVID? And my, at the time, my, my co-founders and I were like COVID what? And at the time it was still very much a Chinese or Asian problem at that time. Um, from what I remember. So we, um, and there'd be no cases in Kenya, no cases in Africa at all that we knew of at the time. And so I remember thinking, oh, what a strange question to ask about COVID. And then um, a few weeks later, um, five days before this festival I told you about, um, we got our first case. And from there, the, the Kenyan government put down a mandate against big events in Nairobi. And so we had right. to cancel the event. And Ugh. from there, things picked up very quickly. Um, and the thing, the interesting thing about COVID in Kenya, and I think a lot of African countries have experienced this, is because it came, tended to come through foreigners or people who have flown into the com- country, it was seen as an upper class slash foreigner problem and disease. Um, and Meaning so, that it um, wasn't a,
0: a concern for uh, other parts of the population, they, they felt they weren't yeah. really uh uh you know at risk?
1: Right. It's not their problem. It was mm. a socioeconomically, why is this their problem when it's people who get to fly in and out of the country that have this problem? So even the first cases mm. were coming from um quite wealthier neighborhoods um in the city, um and 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 you know, when the the government started to shut things down, you know, school was closed, schools were canceled. There was then eventually a lockdown uh, with it between um, different cities in Kenya, the capital and and, and some cities on the coast. Um, A lot of people who were not affected by it felt that their lives were being changed by this virus, supposed virus. And at the time the news was coming from Europe, right? We're hearing about what's happening in Italy and then maybe what's happening also in New York at, the, at that particular time. And it felt so distant mm. from our lives, but then everything was stopping and then people were losing their jobs and the economy was changing because of it. And um, and even today, um, as we manage the virus, we've maybe had about like 27,000 cases, and we're about a population of 52 million. So 27,000 cases, about 400 deaths. It still, for some people, feels very distant, but then it's this virus that has changed our lives completely. So I think people are still grappling with, with what it means and also the government response as well, because um, there's not been mass testing, so we don't know really how bad things are. Mm.
0: Um,
1: so I think like everyone else in the world, we're just figuring it out as we
0: go. It's surprisingly, uh, I think, reassuring. It's it's reassuring that it's surprisingly similar to how things went um, yeah. for us as well. It That sentiment that you're describing of, oh, it's the chinese thing that and we're laughing yeah. it off kind of and and yeah. that moment in late february early march where everyone else woke up and and it was like oh crap wait what yeah. it's it's exactly how, right. what we went through
1: exactly and the virus keeps changing and there's these this there's new information about it and now supposedly yeah, as the we Russians understand have it, come yeah with the vaccine mm. and you know although it's just yeah but yeah but it affects our everyday lives, mm. and I think that's been I think the hard thing is watching people lose their jobs. I don't know if that's been the same where you are, but peop watching people lose their incomes, their jobs, watching I have friends who are um mothers um whose children because now the schools are closed for the rest of the year, so they have their daytime, their full time job, they have um and then their kids are home, and you know that struggle. Of mm. of homeschooling, keeping up your job remotely, uh, and then also taking care of the house. So it's just been an adjustment. I think what's hard is to imagine that we're going to be like this for a very long time.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. for us in in France and Finland, which are my two main uh, home bases, I think there's mm-hmm. less. I mean, obviously it's changing everything and affecting everyone, and and in the ways that you're describing what. Is uh, makes it a little bit less catastrophic for us on a personal level, I think, is that we have such solid social safety nets. So, of course, yeah. you might lose your job, but even that is less likely because it's not as easy to, you know, we have protections against these things. Um, but also, yeah. even if you do, you, you're not left uh, without any form of income and you still have uh, social security and health care, uh, you know, these kinds of things are taken care of anyway. So that's mm-hmm. a little bit less maybe traumatic for us than even in the U.S. And I'm I'm guessing in Kenya as well. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, th- I think that's what's also been difficult. We don't have a lot of those social safety nets here. And, you know, for example, there's been a mass act. A lot of people have left the capital to go back to their rural homes because it's cheaper. To maintain your lifestyle outside the capital city, right? you can a lot of people do their own farming, so at least you have access to food. You know there was a period in time when Nairobi was locked down, and families from what we say up country from the rural parts of the country were sending food to their relatives
0: mm. in the
1: capital um, because at least do you mean there were
0: control- there were food shortages.
1: Not that there were food shortages. People can't afford food. Oh, mean, you know, they've lost Mm. jobs. A lot of people live day to day, paycheck to paycheck Mm. um, within Kenya, daily labor and so forth. And a lot of that was cut off when people started having to quarantine. And so um, affording, just affording basic food also became quite difficult. So it wasn't that there was food. And so also prices were going up. Um, because also transportation of food was delayed. It's, it's a whole economic sort of system of course, yeah. around that. And a lot of people just couldn't afford it. And um, and so once Nairobi opened up, because it was locked down for a couple of months, a lot of people have left the, the capital, also with their children, since children are not home, and they're back in their rural homes um, for as long as this would need to be.
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting to hear some of the things you said, which maybe this is a comment on the US, uh, but it's so similar to some of the things that some American friends have been telling me, which we don't really have to worry about as much, uh, the living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm sure, you know, some people in, in Finland and France have financial difficulties as well. But not right. to the same extent. It's I don't know what it says about either the US or Kenya that the situation is similar but uh, for some people, but yeah.
1: Yeah, um, and I think I'll add also, like, despite that, it's, it's easier to navigate Kenya, right? Um, yes, we don't have the social, the social um, sort of nets to pick you up when things go wrong, but also... The ability to sort of work within the system and to hustle is easier um, in Kenya than it is in the U.S., from my experience. So you can do a lot with a little here in a way you can't in the U.S. Um, What what do you mean? I don't know if that makes sense.
0: Could you give us an example, maybe, to illustrate?
1: Right. So um, because there's so many different socioeconomic levels... It's easy to adjust your lifestyle to the different economic levels, if that makes sense. So, um, for example, if your paycheck has been, if you're not getting the amount of money you usually get, um, instead of going to shop at the supermarket, you can go to a local market that's much Mm. cheaper, or you can buy your goods outside the city that's much cheaper. This is just a way to sort of navigate life around survival, that's a little bit easier to do here. And in the U.S., um, you know, you're, there's, here's your supermarket that you go to and either you can afford it or you can't. <laughs> right, <laughs> that yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, that that's sort of, you know, even the ability to be able to leave the city and move back to your rural home, there's, 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 there's stronger family structures that, are, that also work as nets
0: for mm-hmm. you here. That's really um, interesting, yeah. And like
1: the U.S., yeah, I, I hope that makes sense. That yeah, yeah, it completely.
0: It, it, it's yeah. funny because I really have a different, you know, a different perspective here um, in Finland than I would have had if I had stayed in France because, um, so for those who don't know, my wife is Finnish um, mm-hmm. and we moved to Finland a few years ago and then moved to her family country uh, home a couple of years mm-hmm. ago and mm-hmm. she's now you know started growing stuff on uh in the garden and we've Mm -hmm. eaten some of the vegetables that she's been growing for for months and um Mm -hmm. and there are just people selling stuff that they're growing here on the side of the road uh as a Mm -hmm. tiny you know it's a tiny village but they Mm -hmm. they put stuff and you pay you put the money in the box and go go away with a bunch of tomatoes it's really cool but yeah I I was talking to her uh, yesterday, I think, and I was looking at the kale she had grown. So hipster, right? But like (laughs) the kale and the strawberries and the um, uh, uh, carrots and the lettuce. And I was like, I can't... I know intellectually... That you put seeds in the ground and then you Mm -hmm. pour water on them and then it makes Mm -hmm. stuff that you can eat. But looking at it actually happening is some kind of magical spell that shouldn't exist. You know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's a bit weird, but that's me because I'm a city boy. But uh, so we have the same kind of dynamic here where people have, there's, there are a lot of people who have country homes and they go, Mm away to their country home and there's almost the same kind of dynamic uh, that you're describing. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, and I agree there's something about eating food where you have toiled for it. You know, mm. you planted it and you saw it grow and you watered it and you made sure it was in the right light and you picked the time to harvest it and it was a good harvest and then now I cook it and eat it. I don't know. It's just something that really connects you to the earth in a way that is just earthy um, (laughs) and and makes the food even more delicious because it's your food.
0: Oh, it's (laughs) definitely more delicious. That is for certain. Like the tomatoes we get on that little farm just outside the the village is ah oh my Mm -hmm. god they're like candy it's so good um but anyway you know it's it's funny because a lot of people i think have been feeling this from uh through Forced through the covid thing, and maybe it's a little bit closer for you guys in in Kenya than it is for us um in in Finland or definitely in France, but it's interesting that it's forcing us to do this and and seek more independence on a national level for sure but maybe even on a personal level um but so that's looking at things from the 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 prism of um of covid, but you also were uh lived in the u s for a long time, and so I think if I ask you. The standard dumb question that I always ask people on these specials, which is, uh, you know, if can you paint me a picture of what the country actually life in the country actually is, versus what I, as a, uh, a dumb person who only knows Kenya through maybe movies, maybe I'm not saying it's the case, but maybe I don't really understand which country is where in the big like block country of Africa, right? It's Africa. It's yeah. a, it's the country of Africa. It's in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. like can you paint a picture of what life is like for you in in a, a daily uh, basis?
1: In Kenya, correct? Yes, of
0: course, of course. Yes. Not not the fictional country of Africa, Kenya.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um you know, Kenya is is it's a melange of so many different cultures. I actually think Um, it's one of the most underrated, Nairobi is one of the most underrated cities in Africa um, because um, it's very cosmopolitan. And I think it's underrated because Kenyans are not good at PR. (laughs) I really think so. Um, Everyone talks about Johannesburg and Lagos and, you know, all these big cities. But Kenya is the type of city where um expats from other countries move here, maybe for work or so forth, and then they don't leave and really? um, <laughs> they don't want to leave because um their people are um friendly and open, sometimes a little bit too open and welcoming to others and um and the weather is great. <sighs> I'm sorry, just the background.
0: (laughs) It's okay. We can hear the the family in the background uh, putting the dishes away. That's what we do on this show. We get actual people. So uh, keep going. It's fine.
1: It's a place that is very welcoming to to people from all over because we're such a multicultural country. Um, We were colonized by the British who brought also a lot of um, Indians to Kenya for labor. We have many, many, many tribes, different languages. So we're very tolerant of each other and each other's religions and each other's tribal cultures. Um, and, but it's also a very cosmopolitan city. And I, I like to say, um, Nairobi, whatever you need to find, you will find it in Nairobi. Um, there's a place or someone who's selling it, um, in, in this city, um, which makes it, um, And I I don't know, because you're French, I'm going to use Dakar as a good example. Okay. Um, Dakar is very, um, from what I've heard, a lot of people compare Nairobi to Dakar uh, because of the culture, about how welcoming they are, how
0: easy. Hello, you're back uh, from your phone because you lost electricity. So uh, again, my dumb question is that you were talking about uh, Dakar and the differences between Nairobi and we'll get back to that. But uh, do you often have electricity issues uh, in the infrastructure in the country?
1: No, not really. I think maybe we'll lose electricity. Gosh, maybe sometimes it's as much as twice a month sometimes you won't lose electricity in a month um, it just sort of depends and it tends to come back within an hour or two if it happens um, so it's not it's not a problem and um, um, to the point where say for example in in Accra I think it's in in ghana where everyone must have a generator because mm. electricity is lost all the time um but in kenya i don't think it's as much of a problem we were just unlucky <laughs> today <laughs> with this call
0: well it gives us an opportunity to talk about uh, other things so i take it yep. as a good thing so so you were yep. telling us about the differences between uh, Nairobi and and dakar
1: yeah I, I, i've never been to dakar a lot of people tell me, "Oh, it's like Dakar; it's the most similar city." So, if mm. there, if you have uh, uh, Francophone listeners who are familiar at least with the stereotype of of Senegal and Dakar, Nairobi and Kenya is supposedly very mm. similar. But the one thing about Kenyans is we're extremely hardworking. We're hustlers. Everyone has three. Three businesses you have your main job, your side job, and then your <laughs> and then your uh new, a new entrepreneurial um <laughs> idea uh mostly because um getting it's an it's a it's an expensive city very expensive so you need multiple streams of income, but I'm always so in awe of how people can juggle being. A banker, but also a real estate agent, but also sells books on the side and things mm. like that. Um, very, very much a hustler mentality. Um, and then also, I think we're so friendly because we've, we're we a tourism country. Um, tourism is huge in Kenya. Um, many of people have heard of the Masai Mara. Um, they've heard of our beautiful beaches. Um, right now, the is the big um, wildebeest migration happening. The best time to come for a safari in Kenya is now, and right now, no one is there because of, course, of COVID. So yeah. uh, it's affecting our tourism, but a lot of locals are trying to explore our country as well. So we're just we're really blessed because we're on the equator, so it's good weather year round. We um, we have lakes, and we're we have a beautiful coast, and we have all kinds of landscapes so we're just a very lucky country um, where it's it's an easy place to to come live and to enjoy growing up if you have if you're lucky enough to have the advantages to enjoy the things that are here
0: So many questions that come to me um, <laughs> with with what you're saying here. And I'm going to start with the dumbest one, because I think um, a lot of our audience might not understand it, me me included. Um, When I think about, you know, Kenya slash Africa, because again, I'm genuinely dumb... um, my first question is the standard of living or, you know, the poverty and and these questions. And when you're talking about everyone has three jobs, you're describing, you know, you're a banker and a real estate agent and selling books. Yeah. When what I would imagine is, you know, uh, people who are coming from the country trying to sell their vegetables on uh, the side of this, the road. Um, yeah. So I guess that, I don't know if there's a question in there, but What's the reality of the, of the development, social, you know, uh, um, class aspect of the country? Is it a lot of poverty? Is it a lot of development? Because I also have a feeling that my image is rooted in the 80s when I grew up, 80s and 90s. And that's not really how things are anymore.
1: Right. As in Kenya, is, is, it's also Nairobi and Kenya, it's a country of two... Two lives, really. There's extreme wealth. Some of the wealthier is the type that is almost disgusting. It's just extreme wealth, and there are parts within Kenya where you come and you won't even feel like you're in Africa. Um, there's just, and there are some people who their lifestyles mean they don't have to interact with with what the majority of the population experiences. And there's also extreme poverty. Um, we are still a third world um, country at the end of the day, and so those 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 two things exist. Uh, my just even from what I was telling you, my how my life is. Some of the references I've made, obviously, um, I'm i I'm probably on the higher end mm-hmm. of 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 life here in Kenya, and I acknowledge that, and I recognize my particular privileges around it. Um, and how I'm able to also move and navigate. I get to enjoy both, um, my parents have done very well in Kenya. Um, They're both scientists, my dad's a doctor, my mom's a scientist, worked really hard to get what they wanted. But then I also have the privilege of having lived abroad for as long as I have and what then comes with that. Um, But I also recognize my life is very different from and it, I even feel strange saying the everyday Kenyan, because what does that mean? There's so mm. many different socioeconomic classes and, and uh, p- different ways that people gain and, and receive money. And I think when I say we, everyone has three jobs, um, I don't think it matters what socioeconomic level. The need to have a safety net um, is part of why everyone hustles for three jobs, even if you're on the wealthier end of the spectrum. Um, I think what happens is a lot of Africans get um, get frustrated with the image of Africa. I say you'd say like an image from what it was in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. They get very frustrated um, that there's this one narrative, one idea of what Africa is. It's, it's just poverty. It's just... Um, um, uh, blinds you know <laughs> very
0: very specific stereotypical
1: yeah. things and we are all those things but we are also so much more it's as if all i said about the french was a baguette the <laughs> the guy on the bicycle with the striped shirt and and the hat and to say that's france of course that's ridiculous but we get that same stereotype um, put on us consistently. And it really hasn't changed much since then. So I think a lot of people get frustrated. And what happens is when a lot of people land in in, in different countries in Africa, um, and we're 54 countries, so I'm speaking for a lot of people here. And um, we're so different from even our neighbors, Tanzania and Uganda, let alone what's happening in the rest of Africa. So I think when people land, they even if they think they know what Africa is, they get very, very surprised mm. by certain countries and other countries sometimes fit the stereotype. But um, we're very much beyond some of these stereotypes that you hear.
0: You know, it's it's funny because I think I'm when I think about Africa and everything I don't know there, um, I, I get a feeling that maybe to an extent that is what some uh, people from the U.S., Uh, feel when they think about Europe you know it's like I don't really know like I've heard I know France and I know the UK but I'm not even necessarily sure where which is where and what makes it so different from one to the other and I get frustrated about this a little bit I'm like ah, yeah I know where you know California is you could know where anyway California might be the (laughs) the one that I know best yeah but um but so if I was to uh take a plane today and uh, land in Nairobi. Um, what do you think would be, as a, a, a European, the, thing, the things that would either, you know, surprise me uh, the most or maybe not surprise me when I get into the, the city?
1: Right, the first thing that will surprise you and you'll get it as soon as you leave the airport is the traffic, (laughs) it's really bad. (laughs) Um, You'll probably spend more time in traffic than you will anywhere else while you're in Nairobi. And it always shocks people, it even shocks me when when I've left for a bit and come back about how bad the traffic can be and how you can really spend a majority of your life in your car waiting. Um, So that's a big surprise. I think also people get very surprised from and even the friends who've come to visit me, they say, Oh, I'm looking for the authentic Africa. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. They're like, you know, the authentic. And I'm like, Well, we're a city. What do you expect from <laughs> oh. we have roads and we have big we have skyscrapers. You know, it's, I'm I'm not sure what you mean. And and I and I think they also adjust to that. That mm. it's like anywhere else in the world where that like, can be cosmopolitan. Um, and so you I mean think also th- they
0: maybe some people expect kind of to have the you know uh, uh, savanna with gazelles just outside the yeah. city, and but but it's interesting right. what you're saying that it's skyscrapers. Not that I wouldn't expect there to be skyscrapers, but it's compared to an American city, it's just a city. Maybe there's. I I would venture the dumb guess of saying there's more sand, uh, but maybe that's not not even even the case. It's just a city. It's not
1: even. It's a concrete jungle. There's more concrete than green space, at least in Nairobi. And Mm. once you leave the capital, of course, you'll see more of these things. Um, And we are one of the only cities in the world that has a national park in it. So. You can go see your gazelles and your line, You know, you can go see those things because we yeah. have a national park within the, the 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 country within the city. But it's 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 a city. <laughs> it's mm. really hard to explain more than just it's what you expect within yeah. a city: the traffic, the the day to day, the twenty four hours, the nightlife, all those things. We have all of that here, um, yeah. but we're still also, but also. Within that, there are moments where you realize that it is third world, right? You'll be in traffic, but um, someone will come up to your window and, 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 and ask for money, you know? Or oh, um, we, get, we get
0: that in Paris uh, as well. So <laughs> it's not, you know.
1: Right. It's, 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 it's interesting. And, and, and I, when I said there are some people who've moved to Kenya, expats who move to Kenya and don't leave, there's a level of lifestyle you can have here that's even better than the U.S., and um, and Europe, because uh, you might have access to help, cheaper labor. Um, you know, you might have um, a nanny, house help, a gardener, like big house, you know, that kind of lifestyle that's a little different. That because of that, maybe the euro or the dollar stretches mm. further here. Um, and so why, why go back and struggle? <laughs> or just have a different lifestyle back at home.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So people get surprised by that. Um, I think also um, our cuisine surprises people. Um, we we do have a cuisine, but it's not as specific as one would say Ethiopian food or or a Nigerian food. Um, we were colonized, not colon, we were colonized by the British. So there are some Britishisms. European-esque things that you will notice in Kenya, but we also have a very strong Indian population. So chapati and and bhajiyas really? and things that are very sort of Indian um, are here in Kenya. I thought chai was a Kenyan word. Chai is the <laughs> word for tea, it's Swahili for tea. And I was shocked to realize chai actually originates <laughs> from India. Um, so it's very much like in, in the culture and the population. Um, um, and then, um, and then just the beauty, I think they get, they expect the beauty. I don't think they're surprised by it. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a melange of very different things. And, but also if you're looking for the poverty, you will find it. Mm. If you're looking for, um, the wealth, you will find it. If you're looking for whatever stereotype, you will find it. It's there. It's just mixed up with so many other things as well.
0: Mm. All right. So again, to kind of get a, a a picture, a precise picture, or somewhat precise picture of what we can, it would be. You're saying that you can get anything, and that uh, expats are, are, you know, just live there with certain standards of living i'm gonna ask questions about what i'm interested in but if you want to buy a computer if you want to buy an iphone if you want to have a good internet connection um you know these kinds of things Mm -hmm. is it easy is it readily available or do you have to struggle a little bit to get them um if you want to uh
1: i can i can tell you which store which mall Mm. Which, anything to go get it, I can send you, here's my guy, call him, he'll get this for you. In mm. fact, uh, Kenya has some of, Kenya is also called the Silicon Savannah, mm. right? It's very tech savvy. And we have some of the best internet in the world in Kenya. Um, And I think I will always find my internet better in Kenya, actually, than I do in the U.S. (laughs) I'm always like, it's so slow (laughs) when I'm in the U.S. Much faster, much speedier. We have um, some of the best um, sort of financial digital financial um, technology in 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 the world. We have a um, payment system called M-Pesa. Pesa Pesa means money, so sort of digital money, where I can leave the house with just my phone and no money and I'm okay for the day, right? right. Not just me and wherever I, not just in the city, anywhere in Kenya, rural, any of the rural areas, um, I can just have my phone and I can do digi- digital transactions with my bank, with, with my M-Pesa account any, um, and it's unmatched. I haven't seen anything like this in the U.S. or in Europe. Um, with how digital money and digital um, finance happens here. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think that also shocks people <laughs> when they come <laughs> and it's an, and they love it. And it's it's an adjustment. And every time I leave Kenya, I'm like, oh, I have to carry my wallet. <laughs> oh, I have to carry cash. I have to carry my card. When in Kenya, I really don't need to be able to do that at all.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's still very mm. patchwork. And it started in the last few years, uh, the digital payment systems. And it's still you have to link your credit card to your payment system from your phone manufacturer, usually. And it's a bit of a, a of a. it's not easy. Uh, and M-Pesa, yeah. my understanding is that it's expanding, it's been expanding, it's been there for many years, and it's expanding um, yeah. throughout Africa. And yeah, it's, it's a... Mm. That's thing. In oh. the
1: few minutes I was offline with you, when I the electricity left, I quickly bought internet <laughs> in that time. Oh, really? I bought internet data on my phone, and I upgraded it because I knew I had to call you to make sure the connection was good. And it it only took it took longer, I think, because I didn't realize the electricity had left, right? <laughs> and so I was like, "Oh, is that what it is?" Quickly, 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 and then I was <laughs> able to connect with you, um, and. Pull that from my bank account, sent Mm. it to to the phone company, and it just happened very quickly.
0: So with the the pictures you're painting with malls and and skyscrapers and a lot of traffic and and the concrete of a city, and then you're also saying that um, there's a lot of people going to their rural homes. uh, Is it fair to assume that there, are, it's the juxtaposition of a quickly, very quickly urbanized areas and, and uh, capital and maybe other cities. And, and then, if you leave those cities, you're gonna uh, it's gonna be very rural, um, you know, outside of them. Or is it also, uh, you know, do you have the infrastructure, for example, of the roads and the electricity and the uh, communication uh, infrastructure there as well?
1: Yeah, as in they—they they are. Um, it depends on where you are in the the country. I like to believe most parts of, as in roads, sure we you can access pretty much majority of the country by road, um, or by air. There's options there because um, um, also domestic travel is quite affordable. Um, air travel as well. Um, yeah, I think. Of course, any city is a city Um, and we have other major cities also outside of Nairobi. So there's Kisumu where I am, but it's right by the lake and it's closer to Uganda. There's Mombasa, which is our port um, on the Indian Ocean, sort of a port city, the second largest in Kenya. Um, Yeah, there's just and there's a lot of smaller towns where it's not the big guy that is Nairobi, but life is still bustling. And, 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 but and even sometimes, because um, we're quite a tribal country, and so there's some people who've never been to parts of the country because they're from a particular tribal region. And so when they mm. leave the city, they go back maybe to their tribal home like I've done. And there's some people who come to Kisumu and are surprised. Wow, it's so developed. <laughs> who are Kenyans themselves in mm. the parts of the country I can go and be like, oh, I didn't expect this from this part of the country. So I think it's not just, it's not just foreigners who sometimes stereotype um, Kenya. I think also maybe sometimes some Kenyans are surprised <laughs> by what's in their country. Mm. And I think it all just comes down to the media of. Because we also consume the media you consume. And so if the media oh, really? says Africa or Kenya is this way, we also sometimes, if we haven't had the opportunity to travel, can believe can believe what we see mm. um, as well. I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really interesting, actually. I never thought of the fact that maybe you would have your image of your own country uh, shaped a little bit to an extent by the world is so... world defied these days that you get access to the same, uh, content that we do. Um, actually on that note, a very dumb question again. Um, do you, do you have, uh, do you have and use things like YouTube or Netflix for content consumption or is it not uh, very popular there? Yeah. Um,
1: everyone has YouTube everyone has facebook everyone has all these things netflix is here there's even netflix africa specific content that netflix has been producing of late so shows that are created and filmed and shot within africa for africans that is that netflix has been working around we have other sort of content providers that are locally based so that are not netflix (laughs) um yeah we have it all we have um, and if we don't, we have VPN. So we don't have Spotify, but with the VPN, you can get mm. Spotify, you know, things like that. Um, and like so I said, we're the we're the silicon savannah. We're very mm. tech savvy here in Kenya. So anything you're using, we probably use as well.
0: It's such, you know the the idea that anyone in the world uh, can and, and, and I'm sure to an extent, some of the interests might vary depending on the countries, but also there are some things that are very common. You know, you have access to YouTube and you just watch the same things that everyone watches. Like I, I get a kick out of thinking that some a kid from Finland and a kid from Georgia and a kid from Kenya and a kid from uh, somewhere in Mumbai... Might be geeking out on an MKBHD or or Linus Tech Tips video if they're into yeah. tech because that's my thing. Yeah. But it's really cool. Yeah. I don't know. Um,
1: yeah, it's just that's just the internet. It's allowed yeah. us. you know, the other day I have a podcast as well. I was looking at my stats and I was so confused. I was like, why, why do I have a big following from Russia? Like, what? what is there for them to be interested in my little podcast from this side of the world? It's such a connected yeah. universe nowadays. And, um, you know, I remember there was this stat that um, one of the most pirated shows ever was Game of Thrones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you watched Game of Thrones. And of it was huge here in Kenya. And I'm sure we were one of the biggest piraters uh, to pirate the show because HBO wouldn't open up. We yeah. we're willing to pay, right? But they don't open up to the rest of the world in a way for us to pay and watch it. So of course we have to steal it to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and 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 so anytime an episode dropped, we were up late or uh, well, it would be morning on our time watching the new Game of Thrones episode and, and things That's like really this. Funny. It's just, it's really funny how connected the world is. Or even yeah, like yeah. now we're the world is talking about. Kamala Harris being the new right. VP pick for Joe Biden. And um,
0: so that's we're something that talking is about it here. Yeah, yeah. That's something that you, you care about in Kenya, like American politics, I guess throughout the world, everyone's looking at it, but uh, yeah. But um, also
1: because I think we're a very sophisticated people. We enjoy news. We have this word in Swahili called, um, um, there's this word in Swahili where like, um, like a know it all.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And we like to know things. We like mm. to know it all. Um, you if you even if you get into Nairobi and you get an Uber to your hotel and they hear your you flew in from Finland, the driver will be talking to you about, oh yes, maybe there's a Finnish noir show that I watch, or maybe there's a I don't know. Mm. Um, Helsinki, and throw out facts. We like to know things as a country, and be and sophisticated in our knowledge. We're mjawajis, <laughs> and so, um, so I think also that also is something a little unique to Kenya, um, as compared to the rest of Africa. We're interested in what else is out there.
0: Really interesting, and and just for the record, I earlier I wanted to ask you if you had Uber, but I thought it would be too silly. But uh, I guess. Yeah, you answered it because you said you get into an Uber. Uh, you, you were you were talking, I, I feel I'm focusing on tech a little bit too much, but it's kind of what you do when it feels like it is genuinely a big part of uh, uh, the Kenyan, I don't know, culture, uh, as you said, the Silicon Savannah. And what you do is related to that because uh, not only do you have your own podcast and your uh, uh, media uh, company but you also as you mentioned uh started the first uh um, podcast festival in kenya mm-hmm. is podcast mm-hmm. a big thing like is it something that is as popular there as it is every- i guess you're going to say yes because you wouldn't have a podcast festival if it wasn't but
1: yeah you know within africa radio is king right? Mm -hmm. That's the one medium that has always been in charge, um, radio. And so podcasting audio, of course, makes it's just a digital version of radio. And it's been growing very, very fast on the continent.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I'll even give you like a statistic to surprise you. (laughs) Um, And I don't know if I'm allowed to share this. But anyway, um, for example, um, we are an Android country, Mm -hmm. uh, continent, right? Android. Um, and, um, to show, um, recently, I don't know if you know about like the Google PRX, uh, fellowship that they have where they offer training, mm-hmm. Google podcasts, where they offer, it's this, um, program where they, uh, where you apply and you can get like money and training for your podcast oh, really? and no, anyone from around the world can apply. Oh. And 25% of application applicants were from Africa alone, really? um, 25%. And I think what's really interesting is um is because of how quote unquote easy it is to podcast um and because of how it allows for individual voices and individual topics um to to find their way um to to sort of have a voice um it, I think it's really, really taking over. Nairobi specifically, in my opinion, is the podcasting capital of Africa because just the number of people who are coming out with podcasts, is, is it's ridiculous, Patrick. Every single day <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing about new podcasts that are coming out. And people are just excited by the medium. They're excited about the creativity they can bring to it. They're excited that the barriers of entry are not as high And for us, for me and a friend of some friends of mine, we realized, hey, like it's we need to help build the ecosystem around podcasting here, because what it takes to start a podcast in the US or in Europe is very different from what is needed to start a podcast here. You know, for example, Spotify is not even like like I said, you need a VPN. It's not even open Mm. (laughs) to 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 majority of Africa. You can find it in South Africa. So then what does that mean for distribution, right? If distribution opportunities are not there for us, what does monetization mean for us? What is This is so many things that are just unique to not just Africa, but developing countries. And in and, and podcasting right now, the conversation around it tends to be within sort of very developed Western countries. Right. And so um, we... We decided let's put together a festival, a meeting place of African podcasters for them to come connect, come up with ideas on how to grow the medium within our context, within our uh, lives here within the continent. And the first one was just about to happen (laughs) in March. And we had all these people flying in from all over Uh. the continent. And then our friend COVID came Mm -hmm. (laughs) and disrupted. Um,
0: It's only delayed. It's only delayed. I'm sure it will happen soon i I was going to say next year but then maybe not the year after we never know yeah (laughs) it's that that's super interesting and it's true that the barrier to entry being so much lower and the consumption being so easy um i'm sure makes it one of the uh uh, biggest contenders for the the media uh i get market share uh podcast can be a really strong one um There's, I'm going to let you go soon, but there's one last thing I wanted to ask. um, And that's related to your, uh, to what you do with Cali Media. You focus a lot on um, entrepreneurs and particularly female entrepreneurs and helping uh, African women uh, be, you know, uh, uh, helping them develop their activities. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess that that question is, what's the um social status of women what's the how you know it's not like in in the west we don't have issues there uh certainly but in kenya what's the the position of women the how do they uh well you see what i mean
1: yeah i think kenyan within kenya um the traditional gender roles are still very strong, um, and and patriarchy is still very strong as well. Mm. And um, and but what's also interesting is 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 the amount of power and um, money and um, accessibility um, that women have today is unmatched as compared to any other time in our history. And mm-hmm. so I started my media company, like you said, Kali Media, because you, you remember earlier, Patrick, when I said um, sometimes we consume the media you are consuming. So mm-hmm. we have a very, we have sometimes a disordered sense of our own country because we're consuming <laughs> what other people are
0: <laughs> yeah. feeding
1: us. Um, it's the same way with how women are covered in the media. So here I'm telling you, uh, this is the most powerful, uh, the women in my country I've ever been th- today. But then the media and what they're, it doesn't reflect that, doesn't tell that story. Yeah. And so if you walk down the streets of Nairobi, if you see what young women are trying to do, attempting to do, building, um, um, there's just it's just not as fully reflected. And I can throw numbers at you, but there's no <laughs> need to do that. And so I was hoping that with my media company, I would show images and show storytelling around this new Kenyan, modern Kenyan woman—the woman who I, you know, who lives in the Kenya that I've basically told you about. It's very many dichotomies happening within mm-hmm. the country, but then is also still very much a traditional. She lives in the city, but can transition to her traditional life in the rural area it's a woman who who has her own job and has her own business and businesses plural um but um is also have falls into the traditional expectations of being a mother and a wife and navigating that life and i was hoping that with my media company i'd be able to tackle or showcase some of that storytelling and some of that um Lifestyle that we're seeing today, because it's, it's it's really unprecedented, and mm. and right now, the media one consumes really tells you all you need to know about our society. And if our media is not matching up to where society is, then you know yeah. there's an issue there. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's 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 if you have if you have certain privileges, you make your own money. Live within a particular social construct uh, within Kenya, then the power you have as a woman is is really really great in Kenya. Mm.
0: You you sound so positive and and hopeful. I don't know. It's it's somehow uh, uh, contagious. I'm feeling you. No, it's.
1: (laughs) I agree. It's a great time to be in Africa. Mm-hmm. it is a great time there 's a reason I left the u s well you know the u s is really going through its own problems right now <laughs> but the, the opportunities here
0: mm-hmm.
1: the it's 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 as if we're on the precipice of so much change, and people feel it it 's in the air it 's palpable we just don't know what's coming mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day even even with something like covid that is that is so terrible and is changing people's lives there's just so much opportunity politically socially economically there's just so much change coming and it's change on our own terms as Kenyans and as Africans yes we're connected to the world we're influenced by what's happening in the world but the ownership of our lives and what we want to do with our lives is 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 something that's it's new it's different and the product of that um is showing so you know in nairobi on every night because nairobi is does not sleep honestly every Mm. night (laughs) there is there's you can go to shows you can go to concerts you can go to there's so much happening and it's so local it's our music it's our film it's our news it's our technology and it's good and yes, I'm positive. I'm excited. I'm really exciting myself talking about it. It's it's really a good time to be in Kenya and a good time to be in Africa, uh, as so much change will be coming over the next few decades.
0: Well, uh, that is really a, a pleasure to hear, and thank you so much for spending that uh, roughly an hour with me and with us uh, telling us about all of this i'm i think i i feel like i have a slightly different outlook on on kenya uh, after talking to you and uh, that's probably for the better so thanks so much is there anything you want to add uh, either about the the country that we didn't cover that you feel is important to say or just telling us about yourself and what you do uh, before we close off the show
1: no, I think we covered everything. But I welcome you, Patrick, and your wife, um, to and everyone listening to Kenya to come see for yourselves as soon as things open up. Of course, um, they can even reach out to me, and I'll probably let the, meet them at the airport. Who knows? Um, <laughs> you're all very welcome to come visit and see what I'm talking about, and see, um, and you'll see it as soon as you land, even while you're sitting in traffic. Um, You'll be able to see what I'm talking about. But you're very, we have the saying, Karibu Kenya, welcome to Kenya. Um, Please come visit.
0: Uh, You know what? I'm I'm going to try to make it happen, actually. We have a, a young uh, son, so maybe not right away, but at some point I think it would be really great. Um, it's, uh, again, so I think that's the takeaway from all of this. You're making me want to go visit Kenya, which I wasn't necessarily interested in before, so <laughs> thank you very much. I will include a link to your uh, Twitter account in the show notes, as I always do, so um, if you... want. Want to hear more about uh, what Paula does? Please go and check that out. Um, and I'm not Patrick on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere. And of course, you can support the show at patreoncom slash Club. And if this show exists, it's because so many of you already do. So if you want the show to, if you appreciate the show, if you enjoy what we do, then please do consider going to patreon.com slash Club. The link is also in the show notes and uh, pledging a little bit of money towards the production of the show. And thank you so much to those that already do. And uh, thank you so much to you, Paula. It was amazing uh, chatting with you. So uh, thanks very much. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And for the other ones listening, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks or so. Bye.